Hello and welcome back to the Most Traveled Podcast. As always, I'm Joel Taffer, and today is our ninth episode. So, what are we going to be talking about today, Dad? Uh, taking kids on trips. Awesome. So, care to elaborate? Well, it could be within your state or even your county. Or our, our stuff is usually geared towards the world, and I think a lot of young parents are afraid to take their kids on a trip because they think that it's going to be too difficult and uh, the kids won't get anything out of the experience. But I beg to differ on that through experience. And I think not only young parents should take their kids earlier, but uh, it could be the role of the grandparent taking the uh, grandchildren on trips. And the earlier you take them, not necessarily for the grandparents, but for the parents, I mean, at it, six months old, when they're free on an airplane and the, your, the parents are holding the child, uh, they're getting something out of that experience. Uh, I'm not a developmental child psychologist. I do have a master's in education, but I can tell you that two and three-year-olds, if you take them out to restaurants, you, the earlier you do the more you'll be able to control them and civilize them so they won't <laughs> cause a riot. Too many parents just, um, you know, leave the kid at home with a sitter and they don't involve the kid in experiences getting on an airplane, being in an airport waiting for a flight. Uh, just the experience of flying somewhere. Uh, the kids, they're picking up something and it's, it's all good. And I think later in life, it's going to make them want to explore the world more. So I'm for taking the kids as early as possible. So what's different about traveling with kids than traveling by yourself specifically? Well, you're definitely going to go slower. So, and you're going to have to pack differently. But that could be a good thing. And um, you'll find that people that would not necessarily help you if you're traveling by yourself uh, are going to go out of their way because they see you with the kid and they empathize with you and uh, they do you favors. I remember uh, coming into Rio de Janeiro years ago and uh, we had our daughter, your sister, Lena, in a little stroller and it was a long line to get through uh, immigration and customs and somebody just from the immigration service just whisked us to the front of the line to make it easier and uh it does make me think of a <laughs> what happened the rest of that particular day we got to a a hotel at coca cabana beach in rio and we've had this long jet lag and lena's like wide open and uh it's time for us to sleep. So uh, I looked into the mini bar and I saw some Kahlua in there. And I told Ching, my wife, uh, let's put a little of that in her milk. And she goes, what? what? Do you think it'll work? And I said, yeah, and it did. So you do things a little differently. You pack differently. There was one time going to China, we had one large suitcase solely with diapers in it because these you couldn't get them in China at the time. So we had to take them. And, uh, and of course, you have to have things for the kids to play with on the plane. And you, you got to pack 
you know, so that the objects aren't too big and that you can reuse them and stuff like that. And so uh, um, the kids are going to get a perspective of the world. And the sooner they do that, I think the better. What are the costs of taking your children on trips? Well, like I said, you can hold the child, I think, up to six months. And then after that, you got to get them a seat. So you're, you're going to... Uh, uh, that that it, that flight's going to cost whatever that costs. But when you take in hotel rooms, et cetera, uh, the three or four of you can share one room, and you'd want to anyway to keep an eye on them. So in, in that respect, uh, it's not uh, any different than just two people going. And, of course, the food, same anywhere. And uh, you'll be able to go to activities like, uh, even when I didn't have kids, I used to make a deal out of, going to the capitals of the world, or not even the capitals, uh, but smaller places, and just visiting zoos. And it's it's fun for the kids, and uh, you learn a lot about a country by looking at their zoo. Uh, How so? Well, uh, Pakistan in Karachi has a really good zoo. You, you wouldn't think so. And uh, uh, Maiguez in Puerto Rico has an outstanding zoo. And you, you learn a lot because you see the local people that are going up to the lion cages and the and the elephant displays, etc. So uh, how a country takes care of their animals it's it's an, it's a way of learning about that by visiting a zoo, except for maybe poor uh, Kabul. Uh, when I came into Kabul. Uh, they had just thrown a uh, grenade into the lion cage. They had one lion. Uh, when you pass from the airport into town to your hotel, you pass by the city zoo, and then they fragged the last only lion that they had. And I think he was still alive at the time I was there, but he lost his eye. So that, I just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people kind of more specifically like you touched on treat you differently with kids they are more empathetic when they see you carrying your suitcase and then you got a stroller and you've got the kid and uh people are going to help you if you drop something they're going to pick it up for you uh they're going to suggest things uh, maybe they'll give you a free lift into town uh you just don't know uh, it but it, it's a different experience than going as a single person or as a couple really so what do you and the kids give up to travel? Well, you give up mobility and speed because you're, you're not going to move as fast as you uh, did before. And uh, you're going to have to carry more stuff. I suggest you don't carry too much. And uh, it, basically, it's the slowness. And there's certain activities you can't go to because you're watching the kids. But then there are other things that you get to do that you would ne normally not do. And... A good way to think about this is to pick up a book and Lonely Planet, the Australian, I think it's Australia, it could be New Zealand, book company that makes travel books, has a book uh, just on traveling with kids. And there are other books that also are travel books that just deal with creativity of traveling with children. So you want to pick up one of those and study that before you go. So what kind of places do you recommend families to go to? nowadays well certainly not somalia um i think um 
South America's great. Uh, Asia's great. Japan, South Korea, uh, Europe. But you're going to, you know, probably when the kids are out of school and stuff, you're going to hit a huge crowds. But uh, Africa, I would save until they're uh, teenagers. It's a good question. Uh, but South America's okay for uh, taking kids. No problem there. And I'd save Africa for when they get older. Uh, and then it doesn't mean that much older. They, they, could, they could be uh, sixth grade, seventh grade. And they will remember this stuff. A lot of parents say, I don't want to invest the money in a trip to whatever because they won't remember it. That's not true. They, and subconsciously, I know they pick up stuff. Uh, and the younger you go, the better it is. And uh, when I taught school, I used to show slides on Friday. And uh, a lot of the students, whether they knew it or not, later on they, they started traveling or they live overseas. And I think that I helped influence that uh, upon them. What do you have to look out for, though, when you're traveling with children, like dangers or? Well, you got to keep an eye on them. And so, because if uh, you take a look at the Portugal, you know that whole case with yeah, those well, kids, that's it's a yeah, right. I saw that problem, documentary you know. film on a seven eight hour <laughs> thing. That was terrible because you can't leave the kids alone. You you, you got to have an eye on them twenty four seven. It, it's it's the same thing with the, the swimming pool deaths. If if you're not watching, then it's bad things could happen. You got you got to keep your eyes on all the time. Yeah, even there was a kid, you know, the Disney thing, the alligator ate the child. Oh, that's another example. You, you, the kid went over to the fence or whatever happened, and uh, yeah, 24-7, or, or don't go. And then that goes for st- staying home. You got to keep your eye on them. I've heard people, family, friends, and stuff like that, where they only want to go to places that are English-speaking or accept U.S. currency. Do you recommend that as a family, or is that something people should do starting out, or what? It sounds easier, but it's, it's certainly not necessary. And it'd be more fun to... Uh, I mean, think of all the games you can play. You know, you go to a country where they use a different money. Uh, once the kids are... F- four, five, six years old, uh, you know, they could be collecting foreign coins, foreign bills, just the idea of seeing the money and knowing you have to convert it and spend it there. And uh, uh, it is a huge learning experience. So where did, where did your parents take you as a child? Well, the very first one was that trip to Alaska where the ship sank in mm-hmm. Glacier Bay. But number two was through the Panama Canal to uh, Puerto Rico, which at the time was not a, uh, uh, it, was, it, it, it was a territory of, uh, which it still is of the United States, but it was, it was certainly more foreign and much more poor. So I remember seeing extreme poverty uh, on that trip that sticks out in my mind. And well, I've since gone back and, and took the family to Puerto Rico. It's a great island. Very. Friendly. What was your favorite place with your parents that you went to? In the world? Yeah, as a kid. 
you know, like maybe you got the most out of this, got you interested in travel. Fun, or... You know, that, that's a very difficult question because you know I've been to every country in the world. But for what you said, that what popped up in my mind was Hong Kong. I was there when I was twelve, and my birthday is in July, so our trips were always in the summer when I was out of school. So I have a lot of birthdays. I think half my birthdays are overseas, and uh, when I ended up touring and leading tours uh, around the world, uh, I ended up having another birthday in Hong Kong. I think I've had three birthdays in Hong Kong. But uh, seeing the Star Ferry Boat running across the uh, bay there to Hong Kong Island and Kowloon and and all the magnificent buildings and uh, the great restaurants and the activity of the people, uh, that's a winner. And I, I think... Places like Japan are outstanding because there's they're low crime, and the chances of your kid getting kidnapped are a lot less, as well as yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's what I. But I what do. are your thoughts on you know you, you see it a lot with cruise ships, all sorts of stuff or Hawaii trips, families traveling together, other families. Yeah, that's good. Two that, three that's families. Good. That's good. Uh, the experience kids of being out. can meet other kids. Yeah, and they know. can go to the swimming pool and do all kinds of stuff, and and still get in their travel once they get uh, to the destination. Would you recommend a cruise? Uh, or? That's good. Yeah, the the, Dis- the Disney cruise cruise was outstanding. That mm-hmm. was really good. So that that's a good one. It's uh, uh, not the only way to travel, but it's good. I'm, I'm not against that. I I do both ships and land. I do both. There's some people who. Uh, only do one or the other and are adamantly opposed to one or the other. But all travel's good. And uh, I first started off on uh, freighters. Uh, the, the first one to Alaska was a small uh, Princess Kathleen. It was a cruise ship. But the second one was the Bienville out of Long Beach, the one I went through the Panama Canal to Puerto Rico. And it was a freighter and it only held 12 people. They don't seem to do that much anymore, uh, allow... 12 passengers to be on a freighter. The old deal was over 12, you had to have a doctor on the ship. And so, and then I guess for the ship people, uh, they're moving their cargo so fast, they just didn't want to bother today with uh, passengers. But that, in fact, I don't even know if it still exists. There's a freighter magazine that used to be published in Pasadena about getting people signed up to go on freighters. You, you can still go on some freighters, but you got to do your homework. And they, the ships don't stay in port as long as they used to. But you, the kid has to create his own um, uh, fun. I remember rescuing a bird on the deck and putting it in a <laughs> box, and three days later it flew away, so I, seemed, I think I saved it. Uh, maybe playing, throwing baseballs on the deck with a crew. Um you have to you have to entertain yourself, bring books for the kids, so you got something to do. And then later, as I got older, on the ship aspect, uh, uh, we started going on passenger liners that uh, were a mix. Uh, the the, the pre, not the president line, the American president. Line, I can't think of it right now, but it was a cruise line for South America that did freight and passengers. It was a mix, so I did a bit of that. And then as I got older, it was it was uh, it was more fun for me as a teenager to be on a regular cruise ship. But what we used to do was forty-two, sixty-day cruises 
uh, around the world and uh, hit a lot of countries. And uh, then you meet a lot of kids on board that you still know today and as, as adults and stuff. So, And I could take my surfboard when I went to Australia. I took my, my Dewey Weber with me to Sydney, Australia. And they let you do that. I just bring my board. And, and, and another thing they used to do on ships, I, I guess they don't do it anymore, they, they had a kennel up on the top deck and people would bring their dogs <laughs> and you could go up there and see the dogs and you know you couldn't take them out of the cage but you could pet them and stuff people were allowed to bring their dogs with them on the cruises i don't think that happens anymore do you view it as the only thing nowadays is everyone wants their phones or kids want to hang out with their friends how do you for some families i'm sure it's a challenge to convince the kids to go on a trip with them exclusively how do you feel like you can convince children when they need phones well i convinced you i took you to north korea yeah and but so what do you, what do you there's think? no internet there so, yeah, so well you tell me how was that no, no internet for two weeks that's hard but <laughs> i'm just what? saying nowadays kids grow up with ipads stuff like that what, what is your advice to these families good luck good luck you don't have any <laughs> advice nothing uh no well, then how are they going to travel with children? If... Well, don't bring the phone. You know, first we're starting off bringing kids pre-phone. Mm. and uh, Well, everyone starts off on iPads. I see so what you're you... saying there. Uh, well, the, some of those, look they're like they look like iPads, but they're learning games, aren't they? Like math and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm just saying there's places they can't go with that. There is? They can't. Yeah, I mean, Wi-Fi is not everywhere. No. Well, I mean, the ones that don't have Wi-Fi. Well, you, do you the suggest they bring the iPad or no? Or probably not. <laughs> bring a bring a sketch pad and, and draw the animals or something like that is my suggestion. So you don't have any advice for what people should make do. a game out of it. Convince it, their kids. Convince them to make a game out of it. Reward them if for every day they don't use their device. Like how? Uh, give them a dollar. I don't think that works anymore. I don't, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I've, I've passed that uh, baton to the younger people. Good luck. But I, it can be done. I know it. I, you know. Well, do you think if you have them go on the trip, they might not be want to use the phone? Do, certainly. Or? I think so. They're going to they're gonna scour their environment. They're not going to completely be running around even Paris, London, or Rome uh doing that stuff well, unless they're teenagers and yeah they have a boyfriend back the phone. Somewhere, you know gotta post it well you could hide it no i'm just kidding well, what do you feel like you you think them having the phone makes the trip not as good or they get less out of it yes because they're they might as well just stay home if they're going to do that hmm. yeah. well it's a bigger problem for another day it is but the point of this thing is take your kids and take them early It'll benefit them. Great. Do you have any last words about that? that? Those were the last words. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to the ninth episode, and stay tuned Should for I more. preview the next one? Um, sure, if you want Mount to. Mount Athos in Greece. We're going to go we'll there. We'll go into that for episode 10, so thanks for listening.